Yo, 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 people. We are back, baby. We are back. We could be heroes here, ready to talk about some Loki, some Marvel contest back. Of course, we're doing a little bit of Star Wars stuff, but, you know, those episodes are a little short, so we decided to pack those into one giant episode later on in the season. We're going to wait. We're going to wait probably a month or so to get back to that, but, hey, I'm here. Your boy, John Toronto. Of course, my little boy, my little brother, Matt the Toronto. What's up? Hey, what's going on? It's been a while. Three to four oh, weeks now. We haven't got a chance long. to record, and thank God. Marvel is back at it again with another series that we can, uh, you know, discuss for the next, say, squeeze or so. Yeah, so, man. How, how are you six feeling? I'm, I'm feeling great. You know, six weeks, and, uh, you know, obviously we'll have the probably in-between episode of the making of, and hopefully get right into What If. There's been some differing, of, uh, I guess, reports as to when What If will come out, uh, the animated series for, for Marvel. We'll see when it does. Oh, I think it's going to line up perfectly. I think they, they expect to have uh, consistent Marvel content. We have Black Widow coming out next month as well, which uh, little bro, I don't know if you know, I got us tickets for that, even though he didn't want to watch it. We're going on my birthday. So um, <laughs> I know July 8th. I'm excited. Yeah, we are, I'm excited. We'll, we'll, be going, we'll be going at 830 that, that night, uh, opening night for the first time in a long time. I don't think we've, we've done opening night in a while. So um, yeah, I know. I don't think so. I listen, I, I did want to go over over one thing real quick because of course we are we are totally Marvel content. That's all Marvel content, right? So it's theaters, it's TV shows, it's the Disney Plus shows. Um, but we 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 did we made our reappearance back into a theater a couple weeks ago, if you don't remember. Okay. And and you know, there are heroes within this movie that we watch, a quiet place. And I just wanted to to kind of get your thoughts. Like how, what did it feel like to get back into a movie theater? So like for for those who don't know uh matthew uh my other brother angel uh my wife and and my friend grant and we basically have like a crew like like a marvel crew that always goes and and watches every single movie in theaters and obviously that was cut off uh right before the pandemic hit you know february of 2020 so it's been at that point for us what 16 months since we've been in a movie theater if not more because i don't even know when we last went to be honest um I do actually. A couple months. What, what movie was that? Uh, mine was 1917. I watched it with a good friend of oh, mine so you, uh, named James. So me okay. and him. You were we there probably that. more recently than me then, because I don't. I, honestly, I can't even remember the last movie I watched. It's, yeah, I, it's crazy. It's been so long. Everything was shut down. Um, so I, I just want. What were your thoughts? Like, how did it feel to be back in a movie theater, sitting in the seat? You're sitting right next to me. We were both excited. Uh, give me your thoughts on it. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess to simplify my thoughts, really is a. Uh, you know, there, there's something so special about the theatrical experience where you get to experience these, uh, you know, these stories, these characters on the big screen. It's a form of escapism. Um, and depending on what kind of genre you're tackling, every story can draw parallels to what's happening in real life. But in the case of A Quiet Place Part 2, it takes place in an apocalyptic scenario. You have monsters who are attracted to sound. Odds are you're probably not going to be thinking about real life while watching. So I think really to, to sort of be viscerally moved by what's being depicted on screen, um, you know, is a testament to John Krasinski as a director and writer. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I can phrase the theatrical screen over, but it's it's necessary for human interaction because we we thrive in that format. You know, there nothing can compare to you watching it uh, at home. You know, through a streaming service, it's beneficial. Right. You don't right. necessarily have to, you know exit the confinements of your home. Um, there are some people who genuinely cannot take the time out of their day to head to a movie theater. Uh, we have many people working at home and obviously they can't just sacrifice three hours to randomly head outside. Chances are they'll probably look to go on Netflix, HBO Max, Disney Plus, watch a television show, watch a quick movie, and then you know move on with their day. Uh, for me, you know, I grew up watching Marvel movies, um, movies like A Quiet Place within the theaters. You know, and the to originally see them on the decline, you know, both both economically, um, and I suppose, you know, uh, humanity-wise, even. I mean, like I said too, we uh, even though all of us are technically strangers within the theater, I mean, we're all experiencing very similar emotions, and I, it was just so thrilling to see, essentially, every seat filled up, um, despite you know uh, COVID being a thing, and you know the theater having to uh, compensate for social distancing measures, possible mask warning, et cetera. Right. So, right. Uh, I mean, what were your thoughts? I mean, I'm sure 
I pretty much went into detail. So I, but... you know, I, um, I do another podcast with, uh, with another company called the Geekiverse. We do, we're just doing a rewatch of all the MCU movies. Um, and I kind of said the same thing over there. I was nervous, like just to, on the way to the theater. I'm, I'm telling Christina, like I'm, I'm nervous. She's like, I, I was like, I felt like I'm on a first date, like, because <laughs> it, it, sixteen months. That's a long time, and and I, I got a shoebox full of movie stuff. It's like Christina and I were movies. That's all we could do before you know before we moved in together. It was movies, bowling, or going out to eat, or walking around Walmart. That's all we did. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. we were young kids that didn't have a lot of money, right? And uh, you know, it, we just like the, the movies were my thing. I, I mean, I have uh, stacked up credits from all the tickets we've ever gotten, right? Like I, you know, I the experience just walking in it, it didn't feel real uh getting into the seat it didn't feel real movies i i didn't you know it's funny because i didn't even know when the previews actually start i used to know when things were going to happen like, like you, you know so used to going to theater you know the process and when it's going to happen when when previews hit i didn't even know it was previews i thought it was like the pre-previews still like the ones before the actual previews and then right, right, hitting right. i'm like oh my god and then the marvel uh uh the, the the three minute uh, welcome back to the theaters trailer. Welcome back out. to the theaters, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that gave me goosebumps because I gave the, the all the experiences that we've gone through, and then some of the stuff that's going to be coming, right? You know, with the journals and, and and so on and so forth. Um, I'm I, I'm going to apologize, and I don't even know if I even said this on the podcast or any podcast for that matter. Uh, I so I think streaming, in terms of releasing on streaming day one is going to be a part of the future. I think you and I even talked about this, that theaters may not succeed ever again unless they change things up. Maybe they don't have to. Maybe they should to, to continue to drag more people into the theaters, of course. Um, there's nothing that beats it. That experience, getting into the large, the, the room with the big screen, getting the seats that you want. That you, you know, We always get our typical right side or left side at the top seats. Um, you know, just experiencing that, you know, not that I'm a huge fan of like uh, just randomly talking to strangers, but it's not even talking. Right. So going back to when we watch Endgame, the whole crowd freaked out when 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 on your left is said right with Sam, uh, you know, when 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 Tony Stark, rest in peace, passes away. Uh, every you could feel you literally can feel that energy. It is it is such a weird thing to think about, and it's such a like almost kind of a silly thing to think about. But it like I regret ever saying like put it on Disney Plus. Now, do I think a hybrid approach is going to be the best option, especially with you don't know how long they're going to want to social distance in theaters? Of course, like definitely go out and release it first day. I am not going to be one of those guys. I will be in theater. I will get my ticket. And, you know, I, I will watch it. On, I, I'm always going to have a Disney Plus subscription, so I'm always going to get my money anyway. And I'll go watch it in October when it's, re- you know, for, for Black Widow, for example. I'll watch it in October when it's released, you know, permanently on Disney Plus. Um, nothing beats a theater. And I regret ever saying just don't on Disney Plus. Like, the content isn't, it's, it's amazing. It's not enough. Right? Like, the yeah. experience... The movie theater itself, getting the popcorn, like yeah, we can make popcorn, but that's like saying, oh, I mean, well, we were younger, you know, I want McDonald's burger. You better go to the fucking grill and go and go make your own burger, <laughs> you know, like it's the same concept, bro. It's 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 not the same. Like you want to have the movie popcorn, the movie pretzel bites, the movie, like me and you talk about the freaking uh, movie sprite tastes different than a than a than a sprite from the store. It it just does. Yeah, I don't know. Really it's does. it's all mental. The, the the point of that is it's all mental and your, your your mentality your emotion that all ties into that experience of the theater and i regret ever saying disney plus all the way because you know just the pandemic had me thinking that way because i thought theaters were done right um but i was wrong you know for for all intents and purposes quiet place two when we went was sold out <laughs> so you know except for the social distance seats yeah. and uh <laughs> that's a quiet place too i mean so we got black widow's gonna crush it first marvel movie in theaters since Endgame, right? Yeah, no, Endgame. Uh, no, no, not Endgame. Um, uh, Spider-Man. Oh yeah, but wrong game after. Either way, it's not a, that's how dismemorable <laughs> that one is. But either way, uh, it's been a long time since we we've had some real Marvel or you know Marvel content in theaters, and I'm excited for it. 
I know every crowd that's going to be there. We're going open tonight. It's going to be hyped, um, and, and and I'm ready for it. So not to go off on the tangent there. Apologize to the people for it, but we had to, of course, get back into this uh, this young Disney Plus. As I'm, you know, not that I'm going at streaming. I love I love the streaming. I love theaters more, but when it comes to these TV shows, we got to talk about this business. You feel me? Loki, 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 Loki. Odin's son, as he said it before he got, you know. <laughs> Initial thoughts. Um, very solid episode. Um, I think there were there's a lot of setup. And there, and within that setup comes exposition. All of which was necessary just to establish what the TVA is, what its overall role is within the context of the MCU, and of course to introduce some major characters who are obviously partaking in their own duties. It's, it's, it's all necessary. I didn't find it particularly engaging for the first half, um, just because. I felt as if it was just explaining, like every scene was just explain, 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 explain. And then we reached the second half of the episode, which contained arguably, you know, the the best acting of the entire episode. The exchange between both Mobius, Agent Mobius, played by Owen Wilson, and Tom Hiddleston as the titular god of mischief. So the freaking duo. Um, I'll go more into detail, sort of what my gripes were specifically, but I think right. the episode was solid. It's not amazing. It's not anyone who says it's a masterpiece, you just have to stop blowing out of proportion. Like nothing was spectacular about this episode. Right. It's all everything was expo- like, essentially most of everything was exposition. Yeah. And even I think that was the intent, right? I the, mean, it was the intention. It's it's necessary. Right. I'm not suggesting that they were just like, no, don't explain anything. You know, have because it's it's important. Because if you suddenly introduce a TVA and you know, you kind of just expect people to know it from the comics. It's not, no. You have to assume that your audience has never read. My number one philosophy is when it comes to screenwriting, you should not have your audience read external material to understand what you're communicating. It's poor writing. I mean, they'll never get enough uh customers right i mean yeah they, they gotta they have a lot of fans out there that just that think the or think or maybe they don't think it but um watch it with the mindset that the mcu is its own thing they're gonna do their own thing they're gonna teach us about what's what's in front of us and and i'm gonna enjoy the content along the way um so yeah i, I mean i definitely agree with you on that um well, well, your thoughts? yeah definitely. no i mean initial thoughts uh, same you know it, it definitely was meant to be uh kind of a filler episode if you want to say filler episode like a first episode being a filler episode but in a way yeah. it a kind of was episode. right a standard, standard yeah. episode you know they went through the, t- the typical cool. explaining uh you know what the tva was and you know uh why well we know why loki was kind of pulled pulled into the tva uh and just some more explanation around there and, and and a little bit of character development which i want to talk about for loki that happened like this because remember this is like right after Avengers one Loki. So he hasn't, he hadn't reached his character arc yet all the way up to the end game uh, scene where he was killed by uh, Thanos. So I'm going to go through some notes here. We will we'll kind of go piece by piece and uh, throughout the episode and give our thoughts on certain things. I know you have some things you want to talk about as well. And we'll, we'll kind of, sure. we'll kind of bust through it, but let's do it. Um, so one of the first things I noticed is right when Loki walks in the TVA, another scroll. So, this scroll was under arrest because he had the collar on. Okay. Scrolls are, are really present <laughs> and, and, and I'm not crazy, right? Like they're definitely more present in the past few uh, series episodes than, and, uh, Spider-Man. I mean, they're popping up almost every single series now. Am I, am I going crazy? I mean, secret invasion is coming. Like literally the, the show secret invasion is coming. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're setting that up and and it makes me think you know what what technology do they have i mean the scroll obviously was time traveling like the idea of the tva is only involved if it has to do with time they aside from time and, and causing a variance they they will let the literally they let the snap happen like they will let anything anything happen because it's supposed to happen and we'll talk about it in a sec too um the scrolls are making moves man 
The Skulls are making moves. Uh, you know, so when, when they go in and, and get, get Loki, they obviously, I thought it was, it was pretty neat that um, Hunter B-15, they call her, uh, the, the guard that essentially was going out and, and hunting Loki or any variant for that matter. Uh, she's just said, let's reset the timeline. They had a device that kind of reset what Loki did or him appearing in the desert was reset, right? You know, from, from when he had the Tesseract. Um, what are your thoughts on her as a character? I mean, so like, you know, that's just the initial time we saw her. Do you think she's a good character? Do you think they ser- she serves uh, a purpose or do you think she's going to serve a purpose and they didn't really so much now? I... Okay, so I like this is something we I had mentioned to you before the podcast started is I hate I or not to say hate but I try to avoid criticizing actors' performances. I understand the difficulty of being in front of a camera. I can never possibly memorize my lines, let alone express emotions enough to where the audience can actually feel something for my character. Her acting was not very good, um, it's for lack of. Uh, this is to put it bluntly. Her acting was not good. Um, and I think most, I'm not sure if it was the direction they gave her, but her line delivery sounded very unconvincing. It honestly seemed as if she was memorizing lines of dialogue like off the top of her head. It's just she didn't sound in, like intimidating. She, it just felt like she was reading lines. Like, it, yeah. honestly, like the tablet she was like she was holding, I, I, hate, I hate to be this like overly critical, but it seemed like she was just reading the lines off of that. Um, it wasn't really, it seemed like she was at a table read. And then from there, she didn't really practice much of anything. So I don't know. I'm not like saying she's a bad actress. I haven't seen her previous works, but it's just her acting there was. And I think it's just like, for whatever reason, Marvel thinks that just because you have a side character doesn't mean you should cast an actress or an actor who's good enough for the job. Like, it's, it's very noticeable. Like, you can definitely tell the huge difference. Like, Tom Hiddleston, Owen Wilson are here, and you need side characters. Like, even though they may not have much of a significance on overall plot, like, they're still there to highlight the importance of what you're doing. doing, Like, they the side characters enhance the others. Like, they're the ones who help the main characters progress the story along. Absolutely. To any side character. So, uh, her as a character, I mean, I didn't know what to think of her. I just felt like her her line delivery was very distracting. and that was really about it. I had I have there's not a personal attack on her as a person. I think she's a, I wouldn't be sorry, she's a very lovely person. It's just I think maybe if there are more episodes that come along, perhaps they'll I think it was just the direction she was given. It it just didn't it wasn't off to a very good start, let me tell you that. Like when I sort of saw her acting alongside right, right. Um, got but, better along the way. So Yeah, yeah. When when Loki's apprehended, taken into the T V A, um they mention something called the timeline war. So they go over the timekeepers and who they are. Essentially, the timekeepers control the nexus. They control uh, variants and, and they prevent variants from happening from the timeline that was intended by them. You know, they created one singular timeline because there were so many timelines that existed beforehand. There ended up being a literal war between each, you would call it universe then at this point, right? The multiverse. Um, or would you? So this is where a uh, question is coming in for you. Our time. So I like I, I struggle with this. I kind of know what this concept would be, but I want to know what the MCU is leaning towards with this, right? Are is every branch of a timeline essentially a separate universe in the multiverse? Because that's what a multiverse is, right? It's it's what if, like literally, like the what if episode is going to be different universes if this that and the third happened differently so this i just don't, what's the difference there like I, i'm I, my understanding is you break the timeline you create multiple universes that's that's the idea yeah right? i i think that's the idea that miss Miz was talking i'm not 100 percent certain and it's something that i this question that i raised to myself when i was watching the episode like so i know that the purpose of the timekeepers is obviously because the nexus is main timeline the one that's um it's like the the big brain and, unquote, and everything else that comes off it right, right. It's like <laughs> it's quote unquote, like it's infinite and this is the second time the nexus is mentioned by the way the nexus is mentioned in the in a one of commercial a commercial one of it yeah um so <laughs> um i think like the the confusing part for me is so if the timekeepers 
made it to where if you branch off your path and create a new one, you're apprehended by TVA and they wipe you out of existence. But what if it's set in stone in the timeline that someone has to branch off? Well, if you, so, if you, but, if you get the, my meaning, like what if someone the, has to branch off to do something else? But that's my thing mean? is I don't, I don't think they consider that a branch off. So like they mentioned and, and, and it kind of, it kind of, we can go a little forward then what what everything the avengers did was supposed to happen is what they said like the avengers traveling and uh steve rogers going back in time and staying with peggy uh time traveling i said traveling the avengers time traveling um effect essentially creating multiple branches like they talked about that uh the hulk and and the ancient or Ancient one, yep. Ancient one, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Hulk and the Ancient One talked about the fact that branches were created. You know, I'm I'm trying to make sense of this because it's a little confusing, right? So, like at the same, you know, did the timekeepers allow those branches to be created, knowing that they come back to some degree? Where Loki's branch was not the intended branch, right? The intended uh, broken branch that, and, and there's essentially no way for to put him back. Like they, once he's gone, he's gone. Like there's still a yeah, timeline where, like, yeah. where he right. stayed in, in yeah. the dark world, the dark world movie, and there's still uh, now a timeline where he just branched off and tried to escape, and the TVA took him. Yeah, exactly. Um, so for me, it, it just doesn't. It's not clicking. Like I didn't personally, and this is I'm gonna give opinion now. I didn't like that they started to demean a lot of things in this in this episode. So to give negatives along with positives. Sure. Um, to me, two things didn't sit right with me. Essentially, they're telling us the timekeepers decided everything that we had seen in 23 movies. Like they're the they're the ones who decide everything that happens for 23 movies. Daniel snapping, everything, right? Then like that. Two, making the Infinity Stones insignificant, calling them paperweights. I'm not as upset with it, and it, it, but I am upset with it at the same time. It, it goes back to what I first said, right? You know, they're demeaning everything that happened in the first 20 plus movies you watched. But on the other hand, they're showing the true power of the TVA and the Timekeepers. Yeah, but that's that. like those stones were nothing to them. Rendered absolute. Like, yeah, they I'm destroyed half the universe with them, brought half back, killed all of Thanos' uh, people and Thanos. Yeah. And their paperweights. <laughs> like, what the craziest part, too, is no effect. Where are whole, they? And what, yeah. what are they? They're so, and it's such an interesting concept. And I, I honestly, I, Hello, everyone. Thank you. Uh, I am so sorry. There was a technical difficulty. We are back. Matt was just talking about, of course, a Loki uh, Disney Plus series. We were just talking about the insignificance of the Infinity Stones. Matt, kick it back off, baby. Yeah, sure. So I think uh, on the topic of what we are discussing earlier is I think, like, it's just weird. It, it, like, <laughs> I know what you mean. And there were multiple. Like, there were not this, like, one time stone. Well, actually, there was only one time stone. Yeah. But there were, what, like, two soul stones, uh, multiple reality stones. So this implies people had the knowledge of where they were located, of where the Infinity Fields were, were located, probably acquired them at some point in time, and then TVA apprehended them, saying, yeah, so, listen, you cannot do this. Hear me out real quick. And, and this is something I thought of um... Maybe it made it made either made this insignificant or what he saw meant something even more than what we thought. Sure. So Doctor Strange in Infinity War saw was it million and whatever possibilities of endings. What if all of those endings that he saw happened, but in different realities or or variants, right? And those soul stones are within the branches he saw, or those stones oh, in general. I see. Like, so what, right. what, they they went and to close the variant, which would be the branch off, and and, and one of the other millions of the one that didn't happen, <laughs> one of the ones where Stark did not die, right? And those stones are from those variants, and they confiscated them. 
Definitely a possibility. I mean, you got to think about it because he, the time stone still showed possible endings in different timelines. Like that's what it, time, yeah. that's the time stone, right? The time stone. Uh, it, that's what it did. That's what he used it for is to see other, other endings. And then there was only one ending where they won in a sense. And it ended up being what, you know, started yeah, the sacrifice. And again, I mean, these concepts are very interesting, but they just, they, we're unfortunately not nearly as plus style as I thought they would be. Again, we I wonder if they're going episodes. to be. Uh, yeah, I think at some point we will. We have five more episodes left. It's just right. that's what the execution was a bit like lackluster right. because it's so like honestly, like I think it's a it's a brilliant idea to take these seemingly powerful objects and render them completely useless, irrelevant, so irrelevant, insane within the TVA. Um, and I guess another concept that, I, again, I wish was fleshed out a bit further, something that, again, can be hopefully discussed more in future episodes, is the idea of free will versus determinism. Do we have the ability to make our own decisions, or are we ruled by a greater force than we could ever imagine? Right. And Mobius answers that question. I mean, we see this huge argument um, sort of begin between both between Loki and Mobius where Mobius literally says listen from the very beginning of your life the timekeepers have essentially determined how you will be born when you will be born how you will die and when you will die but just talk That's about it. the sheer power of that right yeah. i mean the time what are the are the timekeepers essentially the universe itself i mean are they, are they in that same realm of power because i know we talked about the potential of the universe itself being an enemy in the future for the mcu yeah i there is that i i just don't understand what they are and we'll find out i mean that's literally the purpose but their power is at very minimum because we're going to be seeing the eternals later in the year at bare minimum their celestial type power and that's oh, like that's even greater absolute probably. minimum, right? Like, they're there. It seems like they boss up on the on the celestials. Maybe they're the ones who chopped off the head of the nowhere dude, the nowhere celestial. <laughs> um, I I don't know what they are, and I'm excited to find out. And I think like uh, I think we mentioned earlier, there's there's a maybe a little villain hiding within the timekeepers, or just actually is one. Um, their their power is unbelievable. I mean, they 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 made everything we know in the mcu seem irrelevant like thor's a god loki's a god odin his odin's father they're gods they have god-like powers thanos himself is a deviant eternal right the infinity stones literally created life as we know it and it's all meaningless as of right now Right. Yeah. That I don't know if that's right with me. If I, I want to give it time because I feel like there's going to yeah. be some kind of semblance of explanation. Maybe in the end we find out they aren't all end all be all. That there's maybe a, a wider window of possibilities that, but they always tried to force their window. They always wanted their timeline to exist. Uh, it doesn't yeah. mean the others were actually not allowed to, but they had the power to keep that one timeline going. I feel like the idea of making the infinity stones the tesseract or essentially people feel powerless can pretty much be a powerful ending like this very much could be the ending of the show where loki has this full realization that he in fact is no essentially lived his life in the complete lie i mean he believed himself to um to be I mean, essentially a, a king in many ways. I mean, there's a great deal of arrogance to him. Right. Um, the question is, like, was he arrogant because he wanted to be? Or did the timekeepers make him arrogant? Right? I mean, one could argue maybe, like, his his father and his mother probably influences his downfall because of them purposely lying about his true origin. Again, did the timekeepers... Like, again, and I think that's, like, the main problem right now is because, like, this goes more in depth right? Because the timekeepers have endless power. I mean, if we don't have free will, they are making the decisions for us. So, are these, it's just very odd, because there's 
a bunch of technicalities that can get involved. And I hope they try to find it. Like they, they really dug themselves a hole in this one. And they have to be very careful uh, as to how they approach these timekeepers here on out. Because it, it like I said, it, there's a lot of technicalities. They have to that. tread lightly. And I, I don't know what their exact plan was when it came to what if, like, was what if always supposed to come out after, after Loki? Um, I remember they switched a bunch around. I don't, I don't remember what the original schedule was, but I, I, the schedule I, makes sense now because with what if we're going to see all the potential different realities of, of, of the MCU as we knew it. Right. Yeah. That's what. Um, and then we have the multiverse of madness that I think was supposed to come out after Loki as well. Anyway, because everything got pushed forward. Right. Exactly. Um, they're, they gotta be related. Both. What if is definitely related. And I feel like the multiverse of madness has to be in some degree. Um, I just, man, it, it's, I don't know, man. Like, I don't want to say it was a bad episode. I kind of want to lean that. I mean, the, the, right now. So let me, let me keep it separate. MCU wise, not, not a good episode. They, they demeaned everything we've ever watched with the MCU. Mobius, Loki. The, the the how they acted and the plot to some degree uh what it looks like they're trying to set up great amazing like, like we, who yeah. does love tom hiddleston or wilson i mean come on <laughs> oh absolutely i mean let me preface this by saying like I, i'm I, even though the episode was solid enough i'm so interested to see how the rest of the story plays out um and i suppose something that I did not praise was uh, even though this was definitely fan service just to remind those of uh, previous events in the MCU to see Loki cycling through all the events of his life uh, or telling the major events in his life, um, right. sort of his interaction with Thor during Ragnarok or his demise at Thanos. Loki communicated or Tom Hiddleston, excuse me. Wow. I mean, he best part of the entire episode for his performance. The rest was him being like over the top, which is a bit odd. Like he's like, oh, how dare you? And I mean, Loki has been that kind of character for the longest. I said it from right. the beginning too. Like I never, we said what multiple times, Loki is not a compelling villain. Honestly, like right. I, I think what he did, what they did in Thor was far better because they actually had a chance to, I don't know, you definitely felt sympathy for him. especially. He was, a, better, he was a better villain in Thor than he was in Avengers 1. Oh, absolutely. 100%. All he did was want to lead an entire evasion. And then now we have a deeper mind, like deeper understanding as to what his main motivations are. The fact right. that the only reason why he harms people is just to instill fear and intimidation on others. So he has Because no of his own self-infliction and his own so, self... Right. Exactly. So in right. turn, he reciprocates that on the world because right. he believes that is the only way it can possibly listen to him. And again very interesting it just feels rushed because i really think they could have built up to this like i would have rather had loki still be this arrogant and almost pretentious well i i think that it still exists you know so yeah where i feel like so i think they they had a they had a tough road to pick maybe two roads right one was go through the whole process of character development he had already gone through through all the movies or the other is, you know, slow drag it and have him do it all over again. I mean, it's like, I don't know. Like for me, I don't want to see the that, that arc again. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, yeah. Like in my opinion, they got out the way. He saw everything that happened. He saw, you know, all of his events throughout the MCU and it clicked for him. Like I want to do better. Like now he's the, for all intents and purposes, he's the, the local that we know. That, you know that obviously died to Thanos um I'm good with that I think there's still going to be a lot of the the arrogant Loki though I, I think that's still going to mm -hmm. be in this Loki for sure and no, I think it was still in the, it was still in the Loki that was in Endgame I mean it, like he was still trying to be the god of mischief he died as the god of mischief right like he still gave the stone but had a purpose and tried to stab Thanos like <laughs> there's always going to be that Loki in him and I, and I think that's what a lot of people love about the character and Tom Hiddleston's acting. He doesn't really break away from that truly. Um, his arc was not... Uh, it was redemption in the sense of, of, of coming back from what many saw as a villain, right? It wasn't redemption from his being an asshole. Like, that's just always going to be Loki. <laughs> um, 
so yeah i i think we'll, we'll give it time i'm not gonna say it's bad like this one thing i don't want to say for sure after one episode um i do i do need to see more i, I need to to know that everything we watch wasn't for no reason <laughs> honestly that's just kind of my thing i'm just like it is i get it but i don't you know and, and we'll see we'll see where they're headed with it i think yeah, I think the purpose of this is is all related. I think they're gonna get all these together for a reason. Everything that we've seen so far, except for Falcon and Winter, um, has been super, super uh, multiverse slash timeline related. So there's something brewing, right? We we don't we know for a fact that something's brewing. So we'll see we'll see what that thing is. Yeah. So they head over to to 1549 France. In which they mention that the devil is out here bearing gifts. You know, I'm going with the devil. <laughs> I was just gonna. I I, I don't actually no. think it's Mephisto, obviously. No, definitely. I, yeah. I just know Absolutely. we thought Mephisto. Mephisto since like uh, Captain America one. <laughs> yeah, Look, just... that was definitely. I think I don't know if that was already in the episode or not, but either way, it was definitely a play in, in my eyes to like, hey, look, the devil's back. The devil's yeah. Loki, or a version of Loki. I think we all know, as you can tell with the uh, introducting scene when they show the Loki sign, it's multiple versions of the Loki sign, right? The, um, mm-hmm. When it's introduced. We're oh, going to see multiple versions of Loki. I wanted to mention that. Fantastic uh, theme. I think Loki has the best theme so far, in my yes. personal opinion. I love that. Um, he also has the best title sequence, so I want yeah. to give praise to that. It definitely yeah. ties directly to his safe, safe ship thing identity, yep. um, which I love. So, yep. anyways, oh, yeah. it, it fits into that for sure. Um, and I also think it fits in the fact that we're, we're going to see, obviously, at least one version of, of Loki, a different variant. Uh, Lady Loki, maybe, is the is the person who burned up all the TV agents at the end of the, the episode. I, I was going to say that, especially with uh, set photos of the actors who plays Lady Loki. I don't remember her name off the top of my head. Um, but chances are Lady Loki would be the main antagonist. There is someone we neglected to, to talk about. Um, well, two people technically to go more in depth about Owen Wilson, or I'll say real quickly, Owen Wilson was fantastic. Enough said. His uh, him sort of questioning Loki, like, do you like hurting people, and sort of you know trying to dive deep into the psyche of Loki. Fantastic acting from Owen Wilson, carried that entire episode. Second, um, I think you'll go more in depth about this, but the lady who was in charge of giving the verdict to, or essentially the judge of the court, um, you know, the woman who was going to give Loki his guilty verdict. Do you happen to know the significance of her? Just out of curiosity. So I do not, actually. And I'd love to, to dig into that. So what you got? Well, I don't remember the, char- the character's name um, off the top of my head. But uh, if rumors are, again, this is just rumors. I don't think they outright confirmed her name. But she's actually the love interest to Kane the Conqueror. And I was talking to my brother Angel, and I said two things will two things will happen for this whole Kane situation. Kane appears for a quick cameo, right? For whatever reason. Two, there'll be a post credit scene dedicated to maybe the love interest uh, speaking to Kane. Just so Sabbath's his physical presence. I don't think that's going to be the case. One, they probably want to have it be as self-contained as possible while having larger implications to what Marvel wants to do in the future. I expect that. Right. Two, I don't think, especially during the pandemic, I really don't think Jonathan Majors will fly out to film a what, like a not even a five-minute cameo as King. Is he, is he confirmed as King? He's confirmed. Uh, he's appearing in Ant-Man three. So I, I really don't think that's being the case. And with Ant-Man three. Um, starting production very, sh- I think in the coming sometime in July, if I'm not mistaken, July or August. Okay. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like he'd be more focused on preparing for Ant Man three, and especially with him, uh, rumors basically uh, start circulating that he he'll be in Creed three. Um, he has time. He has way too much time on his hands, so. I really don't think they could possibly fit in the cameo with him. Worst case scenario, they just have like they basically have his voice in the background, and then the love interest will just be talking, just like you know, my love, you know, I did what you asked, and then from there, 
connect yeah. Loki to Ant-Man 3 just for game purposes. Who knows? Maybe Loki appears, funnily enough, for whatever reason. Anything's a possibility, you know? But that's sort of uh, what her sure. significance is. I'll definitely look up her name um, you know, for one of the future episodes. Sorry, folks. But, uh, oh, you're good. Hey, uh, I think that that's going to be crazy. I think for sure Kang, Kang is in the uh, in Loki. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. The character right behind her is definitely uh, in the statues. Is, that's definitely Kang in the middle. <laughs> it's clear. Yeah, I mean, it's clear foreshadowing. Like that's purposeful. Like it's very purposeful. Right. Like there's no, there's a very specific reason why they probably had her underneath Kang. Because they can right. easily position it differently, or it's not even focus on that. Like it's framed specifically, um, you know. So, look, cool. I'll, I'll tell you this: uh, just to give a breakdown of Kang the Conqueror. If you got not a lot of people who aren't big on comics or familiar with who Kang is, uh, he's has a different background than what it seems like the MCU is trying to set him up with, or maybe he does ends up in the end having the same background. Um, genius intellect like stark level uh reed richards level intellect right uh time travel obviously uh skill technician hand-to-hand combatant resistance to radiation he can uh essentially hack advanced technology and then he has the ability to enhance his strength create an energy field force field use that energy to blast and can live off of a 30-day supply of air and food himself. <laughs> so, like, the guy is uh, pretty much a beast. I mean, if we go off the comics, oh, yeah. the, the man, he, he can make some things happen. So we're going to see where, you know, what the what his overall purpose is with the MCU. And I think it's, you know, maybe he's the next Big Bad for a little bit. I think they might go on little mini phases of Big Bad. Instead of I hope so, because I really, like, I don't want them to ruin Kang and Ant-Man 3, because they yeah. can definitely play him as a utter joke the entire yeah, time yeah i mean knowing him man they could but i i don't think no i don't think they do that man i think i think we're gonna see some good things with it for sure yeah um, i certainly hope so so I, one little scene i had to mention db cooper <laughs> yeah i really like that scene dude. how amazing that was a nice little thing to put in man so for those who don't know any of our younger folks out there db cooper was uh committed one of the largest uh, essentially heist mid-flight. So literally, he was, uh, was it a charter plane or whatever they call it? Robbed everyone, jumped off the plane, nobody ever saw him again. Now, in, in Loki, we see that, that uh, it was a bet between Thor, Heimdall, and Loki as to whether he could do whatever he did, which was this, apparently. <laughs> I, I guess take money from two humans or something. And uh, and, uh, and and Loki won. I bet so Heimdall used the uh oh my god what is it called where they teleport they teleport people oh I forget I know exactly what you're referring to yeah, the teleportation well. device that essentially that that Thor uses to travel the Bifrost to Bifrost right they use that to to take Loki back to Asgard so it's funny because we see in the trailer uh Loki says all right Heimdall Thor I'm on the way and we're all thinking oh Thor's gonna appear and uh, Heimdall's alive again. It's like, yeah, uh, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> just a little uh, funny scene there, and I just think it was awesome. Like, like yeah. it's the explanation to who DB Cooper was and <laughs> and how he disappeared. This is crazy, you know. I know. Um, I know. So, I just want to go over a couple more things. Can we can we call this? Uh, so they go to. So, what do you think the purpose of this? Well, we probably know it's Loki. So, you know, Mobius said himself that. Uh, they're hunting another version of Loki. So what what's their intent? Are they just are they a more evil version? I mean, what do you think is is the goal here? Or could they be trying to take down the TVA? Yeah, I couldn't even tell you. Probably that um they're yeah. collecting reset charges and that's all I have to say. <laughs> they're, they're collecting I, I, I'm sorry? I, uh, reset charges. So the oh, reset a to reset the moment of time. Gotcha, gotcha. Um that's about all. I, I can't theorize any further. Um you know, we'll see. I, I, I'm very confident that Lee Loki is the main villain. I'm 100% confident. And if it's not Lee Loki as the main villain, then she'll probably just like say, hey, it's a court lady. And then we find out why, because she's in fact the love interest of Kang. I, right. I guarantee that's happening. Like, Lee Loki will be presented as the main antagonist for the story. 
Loki and her will have a conversation. You know, she'll give the spiel about oh, the TVA is actually corrupted. There's this woman who's you know, the woman who's with Kang. Kang is not exactly this peaceful timekeeper that many are to believe. Blah, 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 blah. And then, right, you know, right. That, that pretty much be everything. So yeah, I, think I think by the end of the story, Loki and her will probably be taken on the TVA. Mobius will probably be out of the equation, maybe because I think he's Owen Wilson, and two, he's seems relatively kind-hearted. Like he genuinely wants to help. Well, I think he is using Loki to an extent because at the end of the day, they don't have um, kind of the best agents for the job. You know, I mean, they've right. been being taken out quite a lot yeah. <laughs> uh, by a single person. So right, yeah, um, I'm excited to see you know kind of where they go. I. I I love Loki as a character. Uh, or Tom Hiddleston as an actor. I'll say more so. Uh, Owen Wilson, same. I'm gonna continue to watch it. Obviously, I just, I, I, I they gotta tread lightly. That's just my overall opinion and thoughts on on the first episode. Tread lightly with how you do it. I hope they do. Um, I want everything we watch to still be significant, but at the same time, I, I want new stuff, right? So maybe, maybe this is the intent. You know, they have a plan. I trust Kevin Feige. We all do. Uh, and we'll see where it goes. You know, I'm definitely excited for it. And we're gonna see where it's go, where, where it's going from uh, from then on. Any other thoughts for uh for that for that young Marvel podcast or for that episode, most recent episode? Um, I think sort of okay. There is something I I wanted to bring up. Um, so let's just say uh, follow, give a follow over to Prime Picks over on Instagram. Um, if anything, obviously when we give our sort of uh, details where we can find on social media. If you go over to my follow button, if you just look up, you know, Prime, you'll probably find out because he has like hyphens, underscores, etc. So right. uh, it's not exactly Prime picks, but he gave an excellent idea. And I swear to the story, I said, I would have loved the episode more if they did this. For the scene when they were showing Loki's major moments in time, they saw Coulson's death. And this is what Prime said. He, the, the paraphrase, he said, it would have been cool if they canonized Agents of Sealed if Loki said, oh, yeah, you didn't really kill him. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, this is like a, a one off line. Does the canonize mm-hmm. Agents of Sealed to say, oh actually, oh, actually, in fairness, I mean, you know, you didn't really kill him, but again, he lost. So, you must mm-hmm. love losing. So. Mm-hmm. Curious what your thoughts were. They, uh, they actually went through with that. Oh, you know, I'm a big fan of Agents of Shield. Uh, I think they're they're some way going to make it canonized. I don't know how, uh, multiverse probably or something similar. Um, when they bring all the universes together, maybe they they figured that out. But uh, yeah, no, I I I, I would I would freak out. <laughs> I'd be so happy if that happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, that would have been a nice subtle way to do it. But you know, I I'm I'm definitely excited. I'm excited. I'm going to rewatch it again. Uh, maybe I'll have a little better uh, mindset when it comes to it. But for now, I need to see more. You know, I I, I just hope they do the right thing here, Matt. They can, they can make this really bad and piss a lot of people off or really good and shock the hell out of us, which I, I'm going to... I'm going to, you know, assume they'll, they'll shock us for the better. It's going to be the um, latter. I'm, I'm very sure. interested to see how the series will go. This is probably one of my more anticipated ones oddly enough and this is coming from someone who didn't really want many pre-established characters to have their own series um not because well let me go back i wasn't nearly as excited for them because i want new like fresh projects with new faces new stories except i mean they are technically new stories but you know i don't want like the same purpose you just want a purpose i get it 100%. 100%. Exactly, so. I totally get it. Um, well, look, I don't um, of course, thank you, everyone. Uh, we, we, of course, wanted to apologize for the, the long delay here of yeah. bringing you guys an episode. Uh, this is not a lot of content that was out, right? You know, the, the again, uh, Star Wars The Bad Batch, amazing series. Matt and I are loving it. We texted a couple times about it. Uh, but this is short episodes, right? You know, there's in, in, the, in the way those episodes flow, there's not a lot of content to really bring out all, you know, per week for those. But we're back at it. We're here. We're going to be doing this weekly. Every week you can think of when it comes to Marvel content. We're going to do a massive episode uh, with many episodes uh, to discuss of the Bad Batch and any other Star Wars content that comes out the rest of the year. Because we're all about the heroes, man. But Matt, 
tell them where they can find you, man. As always, uh, Instagram, Matt underscore T29. Um, you know, thank you for always supporting us uh, with the likes, uh, with the views. Uh, even if we go as far as to share, you know, we, we appreciate it. You know, we're, uh, we've said on multiple occasions where, you know, we're a very small piece in the, in, in the larger puzzle. There are a lot of pockets out there. So the fact that you take the time out of your day to watch however many seconds, however many minutes um, of these episodes, you know, means the world to us. And we'll still be continuing to, you know, post the most content as possible. I know we are on a great hiatus, but we're back and better than ever. And, uh, you know, we promise to be uploading uh, weekly now, uh, at least for six straight weeks, uh, because Loki is out. Um, we'll be giving our thoughts, our honest thoughts at that. Um, you know, it's a pleasure to be back with my brother over here. So, um, yeah, thank you as always. Of and, of course, you guys know you can find me at John underscore OTS on all social media platforms. Please head over to the On the Sidelines Facebook page. We're trying to increase the, the, the amount of people that are, are interacting with the pages there. Uh, and please, 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 please go to youtube.com slash OTS guys, watch the video, give us any, any view helps, any view helps. We'll, we'll take one, uh, we'll take one and then you share it to 20. We'll take those 20 as well. Uh, you know, youtube.com slash OTS guys, subscribe, like, check out all the podcasts. We're there for you next week. We'll be having, uh, the owner of OTS, Derek Myers will be guesting with us to discuss uh, episode two of Loki. Um, I'm curious to see where he is with it. He's he is a big Marvel guy. He's not probably not as gigantic of a fan as as Matt and myself. He's a movie he's a movie uh, persona if you want to call it. Uh, but he he's he's definitely has some thoughts about the Loki series so far and, and the other series that uh, we obviously didn't have him here to talk about yet. So uh, I'm definitely excited to have him next week. Uh, hopefully sometime Wednesday, Thursday, Friday we'll figure that out. Uh, cool. But hey. Thank you guys so much. We love you guys. We're here. We're back. We're going to be bringing this as much as we can. Peace. Peace.